KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. During these superbly absurd adventures of a suburban couple in date night, a pair of thugs contemplates the husband and wife with bafflement. One thug says to the other, these two are not at all what they seem. And that is true for reasons too intricate to explain here. It's equally true that the thugs are not what they seem. Luckily, though, the movie's stars, Steve Carell and Tina Fey, are exactly what they seem. They're perfect casting and a short, sweet comedy that makes the most of their genial gifts until it loses its sense of proportion. Steve Carell is Phil Foster, a tax accountant, and Tina Fey is Claire Foster, a real estate broker. They live with their two kids in Teaneck, New Jersey, my old hometown, where they try to keep love alive by going on weekly dates to a local restaurant. One of the rituals they enjoy during these ritual dinners is watching other couples at other tables and acting out fanciful versions of what they might be saying. These little improvs are funny in their own right, but they also prepare us for the flipped-out verve that Phil and Claire managed to muster after they're mistaken for a couple who've done something dangerous. It's a cheerful imitation of a Hitchcock plot and then forced to run for their lives. Watching these two intensely likable comedians work together is a special pleasure. What binds them isn't chemistry exactly. Josh Klausner's witty screenplay sketches in the Foster's minimal sex life, but a kind of algebra that resolves outlandish problems. Phil gets to channel Walter Mitty and play action hero. Claire turns into a hottie who passes for a gum-chewing gun mall, even though she doesn't have any gum, let alone a gun. The comedy turns coarse during a ridiculously overproduced car chase. These days, the studios worry that small-scale films, even distinctive little films like this one, won't find an audience unless they're bulked up with production values. Not to worry, though. Date night is too good to be wrecked by reckless driving. Then there's the case of Afterlife, a pretty dreadful and particularly squirmful horror flick. Women often wear their hearts on their sleeve, and even hatless men can go hat in hand, but one of the many repellent firsts in this film is a woman with her heart in her hand, standing in a shower a la Janet Leigh in Psycho. Afterlife is a disquisition on life, death, the boundary in between, and Christina Ricci's naked bod as she lies undead and unquiet, on the stainless steel table of an undertaker named Elliot Deacon. He's played by Liam Neeson. Theirs is a special relationship that goes beyond corpse and embalmer. Ricci's Anna refuses to believe that she died in an automobile accident, and she struggles to escape Deacon's clutches. I'm not dead, she insists, but he'll have none of it. You're in denial, he tells her, before basting her face with needle and thread. When Anna persists, Deacon turns churlish. You're a corpse, he says. Your opinion doesn't matter anymore. It's the final insult before the ultimate put-down. The film really does deal with life and death in its pretentious way, and some of its scary images stay with you, like it or not. But the dialogue is clumsy, the tone swings between somber and silly, and the whole bizarre thing eventually succumbs to rigor mortis. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews. 
KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.